This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Grasso Show, not a long one, but show nonetheless. 800-919-3776. That is your telephone number. We will take you to approximately 730. And then we will turn things over to Dan Grasso, who's got the Ranger pregame tonight as the Blue Shirts take on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, Canucks. odd start time. The Canucks. Canucks. A little bit of an odd start time. And you can blame the folks up there in Canada for that. That's a TV-motivated reason for the fact that the Rangers and the Canucks are facing off after 8 o'clock tonight. And, you know, we only get a little half hour, you and I, together. But it is what it is, and we'll try to make the most of it here. Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo are around as well. My buddies, they're producing the program here. And the Rangers, hey, playing some good hockey. I mean, I think if you're a Ranger fan, you probably want one um, not as heart attack-inducing as the one that you got on Monday in the return from the All-Star break against the Calgary Flames. But nevertheless, it's a team that you should probably handle tonight in Vancouver. They are a mess. They are a soap opera uh, with the coaching change now with Rick Tockett. They're in all kinds of trouble when it comes to their goaltending. So this is a game that the Rangers are expected to win, and you hope that they take care of business and get the two points and continue to stay in the mix in this very, very competitive Metropolitan Division race. And, hey, a few weeks before the trade deadline, we'll see what Chris Drury and company have up their sleeves if they can do anything here to enhance their chances of making another deep run in the spring like we saw last year from the blue shirts uh good win by the knickerbockers last night i would say and Bing bong. when you play the orlando magic yeah it's a game you should probably win even though the magic have played a lot better of late than they certainly did when they were starting the season i think they were five and 20 but you know they played some better basketball here for the last six weeks or so and you know leading this game in control this game for the first three quarters but the knicks made the plays in the fourth quarter when they had to really with jalen brunson as the catalyst and you know, what more can you say about this guy and what he's meant to this team? And, you know, look, the Knicks did what a playoff team is supposed to do. You're supposed to beat the Orlando Magic on the road. Nothing more, nothing less. And, you know, now you'll take your chances again to see if you can beat the Philadelphia 76ers and they're building on Friday to try to beat them for the second time in a week. You know that the Sixers will be hungry for some revenge. I mean, R.J. Barrett will be back in the lineup again on Friday. You beat him Sunday without R.J. and I think you saw the ill effects of that illness probably last night, too. I mean, R.J. didn't look like himself. He was really struggling, I thought, to, to find his shot, you know, get his legs underneath him a bit. And, you know, you hope you see the guy revert back to form a little bit more when they take on the Sixers again on Friday night. Last night in the NBA, though, hey, we had history. LeBron James, the NBA's all-time leading scorer. The inevitable became reality, so congratulations to LeBron and Look, I, I mean, we're all going to have different opinions and different attitudes towards these records falling because records have fallen in sports over the last several years, right? I mean, in this day and age and, you know, in this current era where the games are more wide open and offenses kind of dominated the side of things, that's why we have seen all this turnover. I mean, think about how many times the, you know, in the National Football League, the touchdown passes record went down and the passing yardage record has gone down because, you know, these things are going to happen when you open up the game and, you know, defense is certainly not as instrumental as it once was. I mean, look, defense is great to have, you know, they encourage play defense, but it, it's just not what the primary motivation is these days. You know, the NFL and professional football is a more wide open game and, and the NBA probably even greater so when you're talking about a more wide open sport. I mean, you know, if you watch enough NBA and you really dive in and watch these games, I mean, <laughs> defense, you know, the best way to, I always like to put it is defense is optional nowadays 
when you're talking about the NBA. You know, play it if you want to. But, I mean, you got all – it's just fast break after fast break. And remember how revolutionary, like, Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, those Phoenix Suns offenses were about, you know, 15 years ago or whatnot. And, you know, they called it seven seconds or less. That's what everybody's doing now. You know, push the ball up the floor, get a shot up, and if you get an offensive rebound, then you know what, kick it back out and launch up another shot. Take as many threes as possible. That That's what the NBA has become here. So, you know, in this wide-open world, LeBron has taken advantage of that for the better part of his two-decade career, and, you know, he has had the durability. He has had that sustained level of excellence, and, you know, when you add all those things together, you have something happen like what we witnessed last night out there in L.A., and he becomes the all-time leading scorer you know, in the history of the National Basketball Association. But, you know, I, I, I watched it. I took it all in. But it's not like I was watching. I never felt like I was watching one of these watershed moments. You know, this wasn't somebody walking on the moon for the first time. You know, where were you or something like I, I it, it just doesn't do that for me because I can acknowledge that, you know, with the passing of different eras, the game has changed and maybe a record just doesn't kind of carry the same weight as it once did. I mean, you know. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made one three-pointer in his NBA career because for the first half of his career, the three-point shot wasn't even a thing, wasn't even around, wasn't even a part of the game. And so LeBron has made, you know, over 2,000 more threes than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ever did. Do the math. I mean, that's going to work in your favor tremendously when you're trying to chase somebody down who holds a scoring record. I mean, Kareem made almost 2,000 more baskets than LeBron James has made in his NBA career, but because most of them, if not all, were twos, you know, again, make up the difference with the math. But don't take anything away from LeBron, you know, to be able to do it at that level for as long as he has. I I certainly think that that is something worth honoring. And they did a decent job with it last night. Now, Lakers didn't win the game, and they got more problems as far as, you know, their, their team and what could possibly be done. And it's interesting to see if they can unload Russell Westbrook before the trade deadline coming up tomorrow afternoon and to see if uh, anybody will take Russ off their hands there. And, you know, in turn, we'll see what the Knicks ha- uh, have in store by 3 o'clock tomorrow. You know, we've heard all the rumors and the possibilities and whether it's somebody like an OG Ananobi or if they're able to work something out with the Portland Trailblazers. But, you know, the thing I keep coming back to with the Knicks, you know, any one of these type of transactions that they could pull off, like let's 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 just say for argument's sake it's Ananobi. If it's OG Ananobi, is he going to be able to put the Knicks over the top? Like is he going to be a true difference maker to where we look at this Knicks team completely different then we look at them right now. Like, are we going to sit there and say that the Knicks are going to be a contender to win the Eastern Conference because they acquired OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors? I don't think so. You know, even if by they wave a magic wand and somehow, some way, are able to pry even like a Pascal Siakam from Toronto, which I don't think is going to happen. But I, I still don't, and, and Siakam is a superior player, of course, but I don't think that even something like that would tilt the balance of power in the Knicks' favor enough. The thing with the Knicks is, Right. They had an opportunity in the summertime. All right. They landed Jalen Brunson. and They hit a home run with that. That's money well spent. But they had an opportunity to go out there and make the trade for Donovan Mitchell. And they didn't want to do it. We heard about all the reasons. They loved their draft choices. They wanted to keep everybody in house and so on and so forth. And I get it. Build for the future. But Donovan Mitchell is a better player than anybody that the Knicks could possibly acquire before the trade deadline tomorrow. He just is. And even when we were talking about bringing in Donovan Mitchell over the summer, I still didn't think that he was going to be a guy to where you said, oh, this makes the Knicks a championship caliber team. No, it makes them a good team. 
you know, playoff teams certainly, maybe even win a round, give you a challenge in the second round, for example. But, you know, there's still more pieces to add. So is tomorrow just basically making a trade for the sake of making a trade? If you're Leon Rose and company, we'll find out. And then we'll kind of try to make sense of what's done, if anything is done, uh, before the deadline coming up tomorrow afternoon here. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll try to squeeze in as many calls as we can before we get out of Dodge here in about 20 minutes and then turn things over to Rangers hockey. Right in the middle of Super Bowl week here, too. Now you can start to get the sense, right? It's Wednesday. Now you can maybe start to see the light at the end of the tunnel with this game coming up on Sunday. And look, by all accounts, this should be a good game. Now, I hate the two weeks in between, but that's just, you know, that's the land that we live in right now with the NFL. And it's always been that way. You try to milk it as much as possible here. But just in terms of pure football and these two teams going at one another on Sunday, I I, I think this has a chance to be a pretty darn good Super Bowl. And this is what you want as a fan. If you don't have a dog in the fight, you want to at least have a game that you could enjoy and you could bask in. And, you know, the last game of the season, the big grand finale, save the best for last. That's what the Super Bowl is supposed to be. And at least in my lifetime, I mean, I got to go back and kind of tally it all up. But I would say that probably the majority of the Super Bowls have not been good games. You know, haven't been competitive games or entertaining games. I mean, there was a stretch in, you know – going back a ways but like in the 90s for example they were just like awful games just awful you know like you go to sleep at halftime the game is over already you know who's gonna win I don't think we're getting that type of game coming up here on Sunday in Arizona I I just don't and look it's the last football game we're gonna get a chance to watch until September so you better enjoy it you also got the NFL honors coming up tomorrow night, of course. Find out who wins all of the individual awards. Good chance that a couple of Jets are going to hear their name called. I mean, Sauce Gardner, you'd be shocked if he's not the defensive rookie of the year. And my vote would go for Garrett Wilson for the offensive rookie of the year. And so that would be pretty, a pretty big feat for, for the Jets and for Joe Douglas and the guy who you know brought them into the organization. And you hope that there's going to be a lot of better days to come for these two guys as part of that core of this Jet football team. We'll also find out if... It's going to be a good summer for the Jets as well in Canton, Ohio, because tomorrow we find out the Hall of Fame class for 2023, and certainly Joe Klecko is up for induction, and uh, Darrell Revis. We'll see if they get the necessary votes to push them on in, but it could be a lot of fun if you're a Jet fan for the summertime and, you know, the promise that's going to go into next season. And I guess the big question is going to be, well, who the hell the quarterback is going to be? Because we still don't know the answer to that question. And some things that have trickled out over the last couple of days maybe leave you a little bit more pessimistic that the Jets are going to be able to snare one of the big fishes in the quarterback waters, if you will, with Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr now seemingly looking like they might be headed in other directions and not coming to Gotham City. We'll talk about that when we come back at 800-919-3776. Dan Grosser show an abbreviated version on this Wednesday, we're taking it till the bottom of the hour. Then it's Rangers hockey right here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grosser Show for a few more minutes, and then we'll turn things over to Dan Grosser. He's got pregame for you. Rangers and the Canucks coming up tonight from Madison Square Garden. Canucks. Little Don LaGreca, Mike Rupp vehicle on the broadcast this evening, so we look forward to to that you know and and with the Jets again with the quarterback situation all right Aaron Rodgers told the world that he's going to go into a a darkness hiding retreat he's going to go live in a cave for four days and ultimately that is going to help him decide as to a whether or not he wants to play football next year b whether he wants it to be in Green Bay or not or you know wants to move to greener pastures you have to have darkness of the heart darkness of the heart I guess, you know, it may, maybe Aaron does already. And maybe this is something that he's harboring. Who knows, right? I mean, he'll be able to answer that probably better four days from now. Really and truly will. He's the only one that can come to this decision. Now, I think that there are probably a little bit um, safer ways and maybe more conventional ways to decide about, you know, whether or not you want to play or don't want to play. Like, I mean, most people would contact and, you know, confide in their inner circle, right? Talk to them a little bit. Even Tom Brady, you know, he's getting divorced from Giselle. When he decided to hang it up, he even had a conversation with her. She was one of the people that he talked to. But, you know, you think this is the best time. You think I should hang him up. And, but, you know, Rodgers, I guess, you know, he doesn't really have that family dynamic from everything that we know. You know, they're not very close. They don't talk. Remember, once upon a time, Rodgers, like, packed up and sent back the Christmas gifts that the family sent to him. Like, he didn't even want any part of those. No gift receipt even. He just said, the hell with it. I don't want them. And he sent them back all the way to California there. So there's a lot going on as far as the family is. So he said, you know what, let me just go sit in the dark for a week and and, and decide if I still want to play football. So if you're the Jets right now, I don't think that you can bank on somebody like Aaron Rodgers being your quarterback next year. Okay, because it doesn't sound like, I mean, everything that we've been led to believe even before the whole darkness retreat thing became public is that he even wants to come to New York. It sounds like, and, and everybody that knows a thing or two and is speaking out is that the Raiders might be that place. You know, he might go out and, and reunite with his buddy Devontae Adams, play for Josh McDaniels, and, you know, give the AFC West a try. Okay. Well, then what about Derek Carr? What about the old Raiders quarterback, who was also, you know, one of the possibilities potentially to come to New York? Well, Derek Carr was already down in Louisiana today. He was taking a visit to the New Orleans Saints facility because it sounds like that the Raiders gave him permission to go check out the Saints because. 
if you know anything about the way these things work, it appears as if the Saints and the Raiders have agreed to some sort of compensation to work out a trade. And so they're going to let Carr go down there and see if that's a place that he wants to call home. Because remember, Carr has a no trade, um, a no trade clause in his contract. So he has to sign off on anything. And if you're Derek Carr, look, I understand. Like there, there's there, there's a lot of things to the Saints that make sense for him. Okay, Derek Carr, what do we know about him? Number one, he's a bad cold-weather quarterback in his career. So if you go down to New Orleans, hell, half of your games are going to be indoors, which ain't the word, more than half the games because you got to go play at Atlanta. That's another indoor facility. So the majority of your games are going to be played indoors in climate-controlled conditions. You know, it worked wonders for Drew Brees throughout his career. And made him into a Hall of Fame quarterback. So that's a plus if you're Derek Carr. I know that Dennis Allen was the Raiders coach, but, you know, they were together for maybe like a handful of games. Because remember, uh, Allen got fired in Derek Carr's rookie season. So they didn't spend a heck of a lot of time together, but Allen is down there as the coach of the New Orleans Saints. And furthermore, I don't think that you could base your decision on who the coach is because I don't know if, if, if Allen, Dennis Allen, has exactly a strong foothold in a lot of job security down there with New Orleans. And I don't know where the Saints are as a franchise right now. I really and truly don't. I, I think that the bloom is off of that rose over the last couple of years, ever since, you know, Sean Payton stepped away. And, you know, you could see the deficiencies on the roster. That used to be one of the strongest rosters and one that I thought was going to be able to compensate for whatever type of thing you're missing out from now on the sidelines with the coaching. But, you know, last year proved that maybe that isn't the case anymore. So if Carr wants a new lease on life, he wants to go to the NFC and all those things, okay, maybe you do go to a place like New Orleans. But that being said, it also now, you can't rule it out, but it doesn't necessarily look like the Jets are a favorite to land him as their quarterback. Okay, so what does that leave you? Jimmy Garoppolo's a free agent, right? You still got that guy at least. You know, he was still always a possibility. That's not going to cost you anything in terms of draft capital, but it's going to cost you money. And I don't know what Garoppolo would command in free agency. You know, you're going to get a little bit of a break because he got injured again last year with the foot and couldn't finish the season. So some teams could hold that against him in terms of setting the market. You know, Ryan Tannehill's name has been thrown out there. I, I, I got to be honest with you. If, if Ryan Tannehill is, ends up being the quarterback for the New York Jets come the fall, um, I'm going to go out on a limb, knowing the fan base as well as I do, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that it won't be received too kindly. If the Jets roll out their week one with Ryan Tannehill in the huddle, barking out the play to the rest of that offense, you might as well just start Zach Wilson. <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to get Ryan Tannehill, I mean, you talk about an uninspired acquisition. You know, you talked about these three guys for the better part of this offseason – and really at the tail end of last season, too. And then to ultimately land on Ryan Tannehill, I mean, that's, that is what we like to call in the trade a buzzkill. I do not think Ryan Tannehill is going to move the needle. You know, they want to raise ticket prices next year. I don't think that, you know, that's going to go over too well with the fan base to where you're raising ticket prices to come watch Ryan Tannehill be the quarterback. Oh, my goodness. I mean, good for Ryan Tannehill that he kind of resurrected his career in Tennessee, albeit to the strength of, you know, having Derrick Henry you know, an, an all-pro 2,000-yard runner doing a lot of the damage. I get that stuff, but I, I, that y you can't give this fan base Ryan Tannehill. You really and truly cannot. And the scary thing about it is that 
couple of the people that I've talked to as well, I mean, that's a name that kind of keeps coming back to them too. So could this be a case of where there's smoke, there's fire? I don't know. And, you know, for one man's opinion, I kind of hope not. To be quite honest with you, because I look, you'd much rather have a Garoppolo than a Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion. Okay, what's Ryan Tannehill won necessarily in his career? Right, I think Tannehill's one of those guys that you need everything else to be tailored perfectly on that offense. You know, he is not the guy that is going to put team on his back and take you where you want to go. I have more faith in Garoppolo being able to be that guy. So things not looking up and up if you're a Jet fan right now as far as weeding out the possibilities of who may or may not be the quarterback in 2023. We'll have more to say about all these things, plus all the Super Bowl stuff. We'll be back with you. No new show until Saturday morning, 9 a.m. So we will talk to you then, but stay tuned because Ranger pregame is coming up in a matter of moments, everybody. We'll talk to you then.